0: The information you want, the information you need on your Tri-Cities Morning News. Good Wednesday morning to you. October 20th is the date. I'm Derek Maselli. Alongside me, Glenn Vaughan. You're listening to the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of what you hear Monday through Friday on the Tri-Cities Morning News on News Radio 610 KONA. Let's start with our usual assortment of local stories for the Pacific Northwest. An update to a story we first brought you over the weekend. The Driver accused of repeatedly ramming police cars and civilian vehicles on Saturday was shot by police uh, in Kennewick. That whole melee now, the individual has been identified. 33 year old Richard Cook shot early Saturday morning in an attempt to stop the alleged drunken rampage that sent at least one officer to the hospital. Cook rushed to the hospital and later taken to the Seattle Trauma Center for treatment and is expected to recover.
1: Demanding his resignation, members of the Washington State Freedom Caucus want Governor Jay Inslee to step down.
2: Senator Doug Erickson says the mass firings of state employees and others who balked at the governor's COVID-19 vaccination order already are creating a crisis in state government. People of Washington State aren't blind. They can look at what's happening in Florida, Texas, Idaho, Montana the rest of America, where they're free. And while those states are now doing better, you know Washington State is doubling down under Jay Inslee on firing people and lockdowns and, and mandates.
0: I'm Kimberly Wertz. It's 17 and a half years behind bars for a 32-year-old Wenatchee man accused of producing child porn. The U.S. attorney says Jose Mendoza pled guilty to two counts in connection with an incident where court documents show a search warrant turned up numerous electronic devices with child porn. A review determined Mendoza not only produced the images himself, but had sexually exploited female children in the process.
1: The Kaiser Foundation Health Plan of Washington is agreeing to settle claims that it failed to provide interpreter services to patients who are deaf or blind. The U.S. Attorney's Office found approximately 400 cases over a four-year period where an interpreter was requested by staff but not provided. Kaiser will establish a $1 million fund to pay claims To those whose rights were violated, a third party claims administrator will allocate the funds based on harm to each individual.
0: He called 911 to report a black newspaper carrier threatened to kill him, then changed his story. And now the Pierce County Sheriff is slapped with two misdemeanor charges in connection with the incident that happened back in January.
2: He's following me. I walked up to his car because he came around the block again for the third time. I approached him. Why are you following me?
0: That's the voice of Cedric Alzheimer, the newspaper carrier who Sheriff Ed Troyer accused but then later recanted the report on. If convicted, Troyer could face a year in jail and a $5,000 fine.
1: Well, he is accused of knocking out a Kennewick man's teeth and forcibly tattoo an X on his back. Now 64-year-old Kenneth Earl House is on trial down in Oregon along with several others on charges of conspiracy to commit racketeering, kidnapping and murder. In addition to assaulting a Kennewick man, the suspect kidnapped, beat, and killed 56-year-old Robert Huggins uh, and then dumped the body in Clark County back in 2015 after he tied up House's wife and stole thousands of dollars from his home. The trial is expected to last six weeks.
0: Yakima police have activated an Amber Alert for a missing three-month-old boy. Authorities say the child was in a car with his parents last Tuesday, or last night, which was Tuesday night. The parents were not supposed to be together due to a non-contact order. Dispatchers heard the father, Renee Beza, and the mother, Yesnia Maestra, arguing and... Officers tried to initiate a traffic stop. That led to a pursuit, and then a 911 dispatcher heard Beza telling Maestra that they were all going to die and she needed to tell police to stop chasing him. So police disengaged the pursuit. Beza was driving a silver 2002 Honda Civic with Washington license plate CAL0420. The vehicle last seen on eastbound Interstate 82 out of Yakima. Beza is 30 years old, white, 160 pounds, with black hair and brown eyes. He has tattoos on both arms. The baby boy, brown hair, and brown eyes.
1: Oregon's unemployment rate dropped three tenths of a percent in August from a five percent uh, down to 4.7 percent. A total of 102,000 Oregonians are unemployed, which is actually down from the high of 270,000 during the heart of the pandemic in April. The total number of jobs declined by 200. Government had the most losses while professional and business services had the most gains.
0: Coming up next on the Kona News Podcast, we'll talk with NBC National Radio correspondent Michael Bauer about just how divisive vaccine mandates and opposition have been. You're listening to the Kona News Podcast, a shortened version of the Tri Cities Morning News, airing weekday mornings on News Radio 610, KONA, Derek Maselli, and Glenn Vaughan. Now talking with NBC national radio correspondent Michael
1: Bauer. Michael, you know, it seems like the vaccine is just creating all sorts of. I don't want to say problems, but divisions across the United States. We're seeing it right here in the state of Washington. Washington State University's head football coach recently fired because of his refusal to follow Governor Jay Inslee's vaccine mandates. We lost a lot of Washington State Patrol troopers. I have a feeling, though, that Washington is not the exception, but more the rule.
2: No, I mean, imagine that now, but in Miami and in Pittsburgh and in Portland, Oregon and in Chicago, right? We know Chicago is having a massive concern when it comes to police officers that have defied the deadline to report their vaccination status, which means about 4,500 officers are now at risk of being placed on no pay status soon and could end up losing their jobs. And especially at a time when you're thinking about the violence that has occurred in Chicago over the better part of the last year. Plus, you don't want to be down 4,500 officers. So there is definitive opposition to the vaccine. You're seeing it throughout law enforcement right now. You're seeing it throughout schools right now. And the interesting thing about that is when you're looking at law enforcement, even from their own organization, the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund, they say COVID is the leading cause of death among police officers nationwide with five times as many officers having died from the COVID compared to gun-related deaths since the pandemic began. Now, I don't know what the number is for those pandemic deaths, or at least the shooting deaths, but we know that it was five times more in regards to COVID than the shooting deaths. And it's been the leading cause of death for law enforcement for the past two years, both in 2020 and 2021. So, The concern here is we always expected when a a vaccine was going to come through, there would be people who were just anti-vax that weren't going to get the vaccine because it wasn't in their nature. They didn't like it. Since they've been old enough to choose, they haven't been getting them. But the concern here is that you're looking at what might be disinformation and misinformation impacting police officers. In fact, physicians working with law enforcement say the reason for the low vaccination rates among police departments is because of a culture of disinformation and misinformation throughout the country within the world of law enforcement. Even police officers getting from higher ups, from senior officials in law enforcement, emails, texts, updates. In one case, going out to Omaha, Nebraska in the summertime, a police officer of high standing and, and a senior uh, seniority went out of his way to get into a fight on social media over a condition where the state and the city were looking for police officers to get vaccinated. It was the first suggestion of it. He said he had caught, vax- he had caught COVID and chose to follow what he said was the CDC guidelines, meaning that he wasn't going to get a vaccine because he had already caught COVID and he had already had the antibodies in him. Now, that was the belief he espoused, and it's the one that he sent off to a number of police officers, but it's not true. In fact, the CDC has made very clear that if you have caught COVID and gotten over it, you still should get a vaccine. That's their suggestion. You're also seeing that the health officials in the state of Nebraska said the same thing. So, that misinformation coming from higher-ups in law enforcement is a part of the problem, not to mention the disinformation that comes, as we all see on social media, that may be making its way through law enforcement as well.
0: Mike, law enforcement has been a huge part, a focal point of this story, but we're also talking a lot of nurses and even airline workers and others. Has there been any talk amongst uh, experts or analysts as to what some of the repercussions of this might be when you look at – potential loss of employment for those working in the transportation and also the healthcare sectors
2: any loss of employment is bad right now and coming out of covid for for what we've had for an economy right we all know that that's the number 1 thing on the list the second part of that is And and especially in these relatively trained positions. I mean, it's super trained if you're a health professional, like one of the 94 people at the Yale New Haven health system that lost their job Monday because they didn't get a COVID vaccination. Uh, And when you're looking at some of the airlines, certainly Southwest coming up with a new version of what they will do going forward. Initially, what they said was, while you were a worker who was applying for an exemption of some kind, health or religion, you were going to have to go into an unpaid leave portion of working so you wouldn't get paid and you couldn't come to work they've now changed that up and said okay if you are going through the application process for your exemption while you're going through that and waiting for a response you can continue to work provided you observe company rules on masks and social distancing but there will still be a decision to be made and once that decision is made if you don't get the exemption you'll have a choice to go get the vaccine or you will have you'll no longer have the job with southwest airlines so They are still moving forward with that as a number of airlines are. Uh, to force, if you will, their employees to get the vaccine because they believe it's the safest way for people to fly, to travel, and to work these days.
1: Michael, do health officials honestly think that they can get ahead of this? And I know I sound a little bit cynical, but I remember the early 2000s when you had the Jenny McCarthy's of the world going around saying, don't vaccinate your kid because it leads to autism. And it seems like the health community said, well, it's your choice. You don't have to vaccinate. And they let that snowball like Wiley Coyote get so big that it can't be stopped now in 2021.
2: Well, and add to that, I think, Glenn, and I think this is a very, very good point, add to that social media, where now those takes, those beliefs, those statements have sort of snowballed into a whole new world, right? And we now know... That through Facebook and, and studying and testing that there's a lot of falsification in there and that a lot of people these days have so much news flying at them through their phone literally coming at their face that they don't have the time to sift through outside of perhaps reading a headline or the first paragraph of a story to determine if a story is valid or not. I mean, look, even as an example here, I'll just tell you about one school, the school in Miami called the Sentner Academy. Uh, earlier this year, they made news because they told their teachers if you get a vaccine, you will not be allowed to return to school this year. Now they're saying if If your kid gets a vaccine, you have to keep your kid home for 30 days before they can return. Why? Because they are concerned that there would be a potential transmission of the virus or shedding onto others at school. Now, when they say shedding, they mean vaccine shedding, which means it's a release or discharge of any of the vaccine components in or outside of a body. Could be from one person to another. But vaccine shedding can only occur when a vaccine contains a weakened version of the virus within it. How many of those do we have in this country? Zero. None of the vaccines that we have here in the U.S. authorized for use contain a live virus. But that kind of misinformation is being used by this school to keep people away or to keep them from getting vaccinated. And those are the kinds of concerns we're talking about with mis or dis- mis- disinformation.
1: Michael, final question, then we'll let you go. Uh, obviously, we could talk about misinformation, disinformation till the cows come home. But have we heard from the mayor of Chicago, leaders in Florida, what they're going to do with so many people in law enforcement and EMS and even nurses and teachers refusing to get the vaccination. How are they going to fill those gaps?
2: All I've heard so far is, you know, the Seattle Police Department had sort of that all hands on deck, all non-patrol sworn personnel, detectives, training support staff trying to get ready to respond to any emergency calls ahead of the Monday vaccination mandate mandate deadline. So there is an understanding that the vaccine mandates are going to go through at this point. Nothing seems to be flexing those out. They're going to go through. It's just what are you going to do with the manpower then? And like Southwest Airlines, when they're hiring new people, they're only hiring people that have gotten and can prove that they have gotten the vaccinations. I imagine that's the same exact scenario law enforcement will be going
1: through. NBC's Michael Bauer. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Tri Cities Morning News.
0: The Kona News Podcast continuing, courtesy of the Tri Cities Morning News on News Radio 610 KONA. Let's take a look at some of the national and international happenings going on around the world right now. I'm Derek Maselli.
1: And I'm Glenn Vaughan, an independent advisory panel with the CDC meeting today and tomorrow to discuss uh, booster dosage for uh, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna's COVID-19 vaccines. The panel is expected to green light the boosters, and shots could be administered as early as this weekend. ABC's Whit Johnson says... There's also a new yet preliminary study that suggests mixing vaccine brands might offer additional protection. A source telling ABC News that FDA regulators will still recommend that people get the same vaccine brand for their boosters, but that it won't be required, giving patients and providers a little more flexibility. Right now, Pfizer's vaccine is authorized for a booster to older Americans uh, with compromised immune systems and those working in high-risk settings. And President Biden met with Democratic
0: lawmakers yesterday, urging them to come to an agreement on his human infrastructure agenda that would fund family leave, expanded health care, and other social initiatives. But ABC's Rachel Scott says the initial bill, costing some $3.5 trillion over 10 years, is likely still going to get slimmed down. Starting with tuition-free community college, I'm told the president said that will likely need to be dropped from the final package and that other Democratic priorities will need to be scaled back as well. The $300 monthly child tax credit, Democrats have been wanting to make that permanent, but the president, we're told, suggested it may only be extended for an additional year. Democrats are also weighing whether to slash paid family leave from 12 weeks down to four weeks. The total price tag on this bill will also be lower just under 2 $2 trillion dollars again. ABC's Rachel Scott.
1: The House January 6th committee voted unanimously to recommend holding former Trump advisor Steve Bannon in contempt of Congress. The full House votes tomorrow on whether to ask the Justice Department to proceed with criminal charges. ABC's Jonathan Carl says the top Republican on the committee, Congresswoman, Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming, who has been crucial, critical, excuse me, of the former president in the past. Uh, had a warning for her colleagues last night. As the vote to hold Bannon
0: in criminal contempt moves to the full House, Liz Cheney had a message for her Republican colleagues in Congress. Almost every one of my colleagues knows in your hearts that what happened on January 6th was profoundly wrong. All of us who are elected officials must do our duty to prevent the dismantling of the rule of law and to ensure That nothing like that dark day in January ever happens again. Bannon could face up to a year behind bars if found guilty.
1: Again, that was ABC's Jonathan Carl.
0: New fallout from Dave Chappelle's latest special on Netflix. Some outraged employees staging a walkout today to protest the show, which they say is transphobic. They have demands. Vanity Fair contributing editor Maureen Ryan explains what they're looking to accomplish. One of those demands is... What are trans creators being paid? How many trans creators do you have? And what what are you going to do about trans content that is flagged in future that we have issues with?
1: Vanity Fair contributing editor
0: Maureen Ryan.
1: Children, one of the main casualties in the war in Yemen, a war that sadly widely ignored by most of the West, Here's ABC's Tom Rivers. Since the Saudi-led coalition intervened in the war in 2015, violence has deeply scarred the impoverished country. And the UN has compiled a list of grim numbers. In Geneva, UNICEF spokesman James Elder.
0: Today UNICEF has stated that we have surpassed 10,000 Yemeni children killed or injured. The question must be asked, do we need to continue to add children to this miserable list day after day?
1: UNICEF urgently needs $235 million to continue its work there. Without that, it'll have to stop or scale down its emergency assistance. Tom Rivers, ABC News at the Foreign Desk. The vaccine mandate took effect on Monday, and the Washington State Patrol has released the numbers of commissioned officers who were let go because of the mandate. 67 altogether. Five of those came from our region. Every single person that's left is a real loss. We had people with great character and great abilities. They took a stand and they decided that the current workforce conditions they couldn't work through, and they've left us. Washington State Patrol's Chris Loftus there. As for the morale of the force right now? I can't speculate about the mindset of those that are left. All I can say is that there's work to be done and we're going to do our very best to do it. Nine uh, troopers left the Seattle-King County region.
0: Uh, Meanwhile, if you look at some of those COVID numbers in the Tri-Cities area, the Benton Franklin Health District logging 28 new cases of COVID in Benton County, 22 in Franklin County on Tuesday. There were 48 COVID patients hospitalized in the four regional medical facilities, accounting for roughly 13% of total people receiving care.
1: In Oregon, they're reporting 1,366 new COVID cases as of yesterday, along with 562 hospitalizations and 41 deaths. The state health authority says there have been 4,226 deaths uh, since the pandemic first started and total number of COVID-19 cases right now over 353,000.
0: And we're learning more about compliance rates in our local school districts. Following Inslee's vaccine mandate, Kennewick schools reporting almost 82% of their employees are fully vaccinated. Over 17% have gotten an exemption. Richland schools boasting 99% compliance, while Pasco sits at about 84% fully vaccinated. 15% have sought an exemption.
1: Seattle is boasting a 99% vaccination compliance rate. The city's mayor says there will be no interruptions in public safety. If someone calls
0: 911, there will not be significant impacts on the response in either fire or police.
1: Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin says the vast majority of police and fire have complied with the mandate as well. He's replacing Nick Rolovich
0: and he knows work
1: going to be cut out for him.
0: My number one job today and going forward... Is that our young people have fear, doubt, and uncertainty in their
2: minds? Okay, and my job is to replace that with faith, trust, and
0: belief. New WSU head coach Jake Dickert meeting with reporters yesterday afternoon. Rolovich, of course, let go after refusing the mandated COVID nineteen vaccine as part of Inslee's order.
1: Republican legislative leaders in Washington say it's ridiculous and just plain wrong that thousands are losing their their jobs because of Governor Jay Inslee's vaccine mandate. Senate Republican Leader John Braun and House Republican Leader JT Wilcox say it
2: hurts the economy and threatens public safety. Braun says the governor's approach is harmful in many ways. The governor's ridiculing those who disagree with him. We shouldn't do that to anyone. On top of that, as we see law enforcement officials, first responders, corrections officers, nurses, other health professionals leave work, we're going to have trouble.
1: Senate Republican Whip Keith Wegener calls it blackmail.
2: Because you're coercing people and you're holding money from them, literally, in the forms of their careers and their
0: occupations. I'm Tracy Ellis. And you can now register for the American Red Cross as a virtual turkey trot. Organizers say they're keeping it virtual again this year due to pandemic situations. If you're taking part, you can run your one mile or 5K anytime, anywhere between Monday, November 22nd and Thursday, November 25th. All proceeds from the 2021 Turkey Trot will support the American Red Cross Home Fire Campaign. Register at cross.org slash turkey trot 21 until midnight of November 18th. That's the registration deadline.
1: A chance for local artists to have their work displayed at the Walla Walla City Council Chambers. We are
0: requesting kind of a portraiture, mixed media, oils, pastels, anything like that. Unfortunately, we don't have the infrastructure to hang a, a sculpture at this
1: time. Support Services Coordinator Ricky Gwynn says the city wants entries from across Walla Walla Valley. If you're an interested artist, you can learn more by visiting Wa. WallaWalletWA.gov or give them a call at 509-527-4540. The deadline to submit a uh, piece for consideration, November
0: 19th. There's been another installment of the Kona News Podcast, an abridged version of what you hear weekday mornings on the Tri-Cities Morning News. Make sure you listen in regularly for all this, plus the extra content that you don't hear in the podcast, such as BT Trivia Additional, news stories and interviews. Derek Maselli saying thanks for listening.